you for joining us today here at Victory. At Victory Church, we are a community of authentic, spirit-led Christ followers transformed to walk in victory. Join us as we begin today's message. Good morning. Great to be in the house of the Lord. Uh, one brief announcement, that ballot that we just voted on to increase the, uh, the pastoral salary, it has passed. So I've made my announcement for the day. So you can clap on that one, okay? I want to thank you all for the gift card. Um, I didn't even know it was Pastor's Appreciation Week or Month till Warren mentioned it to me, and I looked it up online, lo and behold, it is. Um, I say with humility, I thank you, but really, I, I think there should be such a thing as Congregation Appreciation Month, Okay? Um, the Bible teaches that if anybody wants to be great in the kingdom of God, they must serve all. And y'all serve each other. Certainly the person in this position is more seen, but that certainly doesn't make them any better, any more important, any more gifted, or anything. Because y'all all have a place in the kingdom of God, some of you know what that place is. Some of you are searching for that place. And maybe some of you that are new to Christ have never heard that you had a place in the kingdom of God other than being saved. But you have a place. You have a spiritual gift that God will use you if you'll only look for it. Uh, it just so happens the gift that I have is talking a lot. Okay? And that's what preachers are good at, talking so that's my gift. Maybe some of you are, are better at being quiet. Some of you be singing, mercy, uh, giving, whatever it may be. We do want to welcome our guests right in there. Thank you very much for coming. We hope you uh, return. If I've missed anybody that's a guest, she's a multiple guest. She comes often. We really do want you here. We really do appreciate you coming to worship with us. We will hope if you uh, live here nearby, we hope that you will consider uh, asking God to uh, lead you to the right church, but also hopefully it would be our church because we think we're special. Even all God's churches are special, but we think we're a little different. Um, we're different in that we are a diverse group of people um, with very different backgrounds than many churches are, from my experience anyway. Um, and we really want to worship the Lord and be used by the Lord. And we want to do it the way that the Lord would have us do. Uh, before we get started today, uh, last week I told you that I didn't have any water at the house. And I was, we were talking about Jesus walking on the water. Well, guess what? Last night the power went out, and we're talking about going from darkness to dawn today. Now, I don't know if the Lord's got a joke going on with me. We still didn't have power when I left. But the interesting thing, I got up with a lantern this morning because I try to study a little bit before I preach. <clears throat> and I uh, have a big window. And as the sun was coming up in the distance, I thought it was fitting that the name of this message is darkness to dawn, so maybe Jesus is playing a joke on me, but he's trying to teach me something. Um, you know, we live in a world where there's a lot of spiritual blindness, and I know you know that, 
Well, let's, let's look at a few things. Let's watch the news. Let's look at the number of problems in families, alcohol, drug abuse, murder, robbery, greed, people in powerful positions that do the wrong thing. But you know, unfortunately, there's more spiritual darkness starting in our family than anywhere else because that's where Satan attacks. That's where Satan starts in the home and in the family. And if he can get our eyes off what's important, he will do so. I was thinking about when I was spiritually blind. I grew up in a church. Maybe some of y'all did. My parents made me go to church, and they should have made me go to church as a child. And yet, for some reason, until I was 36 years old, I was spiritually blind. After I left going to church, being made to go to church, I didn't go in a church building for roughly 20 years. And that's where I got saved. And the Lord called me. And I remember that day, I felt the urge of being called and being and drug and, and wooed and pulled. But that day when I walked that aisle, something changed. And I saw things differently. I was the same person. I had the same job, the same house, the same cars, same family. Everything was the same, but I saw something different. And that seeing wasn't of me because I was spiritually blind. Now, if you'd have asked me previous to that, I would have told you, I can see. I see well. And then on the spiritual side, well, I believe in God and I believe in Jesus, but I want to live this way because I know all those hypocrites in church that think they're better than everybody. So that was my excuse, I guess you might say. Maybe some of y'all have used that excuse yourself before. But our land is in a land of spiritual blindness. All you have to do is look at our schools. All you have to do is look at the things that are important to people. How much money you can make, what kind of car you drive, what kind of house you have. There's nothing wrong with having a nice house. There's nothing wrong with having a nice car. There really isn't. But if that's your gold, if that's what's going to make you happy, or at least that's what you believe is going to make you happy, then I suggest to you, you are blind and cannot see. So before we get into the lesson, let's go to the Lord in prayer. Oh, Holy Spirit, we welcome you into our presence. Lord, the Scripture tells us that your Helper is here with us. Because your Son who died for us on the cross, who rose again the third day, who went to be at your right hand, and who sent your Spirit to us 
so that he could be a helper to us. You told your disciples that it was expedient for you to go. In other words, you told us that it was better that you go because you would send the Spirit. Lord, those who have the Spirit inside us today, open our eyes, open our ears, open our hearts to what you have to say. And we ask that your Spirit would open anyone here today that's blind. Lord, we realize that when we were blind, we did not know. And Father God, if there's someone here today who's spiritually blind and doesn't know, my prayer is that you will open their eyes from darkness to the dawn of your marvelous light so that they can see, so they can repent, and so they can believe in Jesus Christ. I ask these name, in Jesus' name, amen. If you have your Bibles with you, if not, you'll be able to look on the screen there. We're going to be looking at the ninth chapter of John. I'm going to read here the first 11 verses, but I'll be going in and out of that chapter. The title of the message today is Opening the Blind Man's Eyes, the Darkness to Dawn. We're going to look at a man that was actually physically blind, but we're going to apply the spiritual aspect to it today. The Bible says, starting with chapter 9 of the Gospel of John, and it says this, And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth, and his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned, nor his parents, but the works of God should be manifest in him. I must work the works of him that sent me, while it is day, the night cometh, when no man can work. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay, and said unto him, Go, wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. He went his way therefore, and washed, and came seeing. The neighbors therefore and they which, had, which before had seen him that was blind said, Is not this he that sat and begged? Some said, This is he. Others said, He is like him. But he said, I am he. Therefore said they unto him, How were thy eyes opened? He answered and said, A man that is called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said unto me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. And I went and washed, and I received sight. There was a blind man's night. This man was born blind. He had never been able to see. Think about how that would be if you had to live. You had never seen your parents 
You'd never seen your brothers and sisters. You had never even seen the food that you had eaten. You'd never seen water. You'd never seen the sky. You'd never seen the animals you heard. You had never seen the home that you lived in. You never even saw the ground that you may have sat on as you begged. This man's night was terrible. His darkness was awful because he was born that way. The disciples asked the question, did he sin or did his mom and dad sin? Is that why he is this way? No. It was for the glory of God that day. It had been predetermined from the foundation of the world that Jesus would pass by that man. It says in verse 1, And Jesus passed by that man, and he saw him. It was intended that day from the foundation of the world that this story would be in the Scriptures, this man's life would be in the Scriptures, And it was preordained from the foundation of the world that you'd be sitting here now listening to the story about the blind man. Because God's Word has a purpose each and every time it is read, spoken, preached, or taught. There was a purpose for this blind man's night. Think about it. If you had never been able to see anything, And how horrible that would be. But someone, Jesus' disciples, wanted to know if your mom and dad had did it or you had done something wrong. Sometimes we look at that. We look at people, the way they live and the sins that they may have lived in or not, and we want to blame it on something else. But this was for the glory of God. And your spiritual blindness, if you have lived in it in the past, And you now can see it too was for the glory of God so you could testify His name. You could tell others about Him. You could worship Him. And from the foundation of the world, just like in this story, God walked by that day and saw you. Perhaps He hasn't saw you today. Perhaps this is the day that he will see you. But there was a night there. There was a darkness in this man's life. And it was a condition of his tragedy. Because he was blind, he was ostracized from the world. Many in that Jewish community, like the disciples, said, Well, he's done something wrong. It's his sins that have made him blind. Or his mom and dad did some sin. And this is the result. Their sin caused the birth here. There are some sins in life that can cause illness, disease, smoking, drinking, drugs, eating too much. But that was not what was going on here. There was that condition of his tragedy. The condition of your tragedy spiritually, if you do not know Jesus is because you were born in sin. Our ancestors, Adam and Eve, who disobeyed the Lord, caused our race, the human race, to fall. That tragedy is that we're blind. That we think right's 
Wrong and wrong's right. Look at our world today. Everything you see is okay. If you want to do this, this is okay. If you want to do that, this is okay. It's because the world is spiritually blind. They're not doing it on purpose. They just cannot see because of the darkness in their life. There's also the condition of poverty. Now this man, because he could not work, could not make a living. If he could do anything, it doesn't say here, the best he could do was beg. So he was poor. He may have even made his parents poor because of this tragedy. They may have had nothing either. Paying for doctors. Paying for different kinds of medicine. Different things to perhaps help him. You see, we're today, we live in poverty if we're spiritually blind. We try to feel better by drinking a lot, smoking a lot, buying things, making ourselves better by a better car, a better lifestyle, a new cell phone, a new computer program. We're constantly thinking that we don't live in poverty, but we're just like this man here if we don't know Jesus because we are in poverty spiritually. Verse 8 says, The neighbors, therefore, and they which had seen him that was blind, is this not he that sat and begged? He had a reputation of being a beggar of poverty. And all of a sudden he can see again. When you come to know Jesus Christ, People will never know that you're the same person because they'll remember you living in your spiritual poverty, begging. And they'll say, is that the same person? That can't be the same person. He can see now. He's running around worshiping Jesus. He's lost his mind. This cannot be the same person. I wasn't that same person. And I was reminded by looking on my Facebook yesterday during the Clemson football game. Some friends of mine that I were in fraternity in college with, they were at the Clemson game. I hardly didn't recognize a lot of them because they're old like me now and don't look the same when we were 20, 22, 23. And they had a big keg of beer there and they were drinking beer just like we did when we were in our 20s. And I remember thinking, or maybe the Lord told me, He said, aren't you glad you don't do that anymore? And I'm glad I'm not 60 years old, partying at Clemson, drinking keg beer like I was when I was 20 years old. You see, I haven't talked to these guys in many years, and I'm not making judgment, but the Lord showed me when I was 36 years old when I could finally see that I had to turn and I had to totally walk away from those friends. And those were good dudes, and I liked them. And I still love them and have great memories, even many of the memories that could be a sinful memory. I still appreciate the friendship I had with them. But when I was 36 years old, I knew when I was able to finally see that I just couldn't do that anymore. I just couldn't be around them anymore. I knew that. 
People did not recognize me. Word traveled when I was finally able to see, and they said, he's gotten this Jesus thing, he's lost his mind. They didn't even come around me anymore. So I don't know how they knew it. It was just word travel. But when you go from darkness to the dawn, people are going to say, is that the same person? And that's what happened here in verse 8. It said, is not this he that sat and begged? Is this the same guy? It can't be. And they debated in here. Well, it looks like him. He's got the same physical characteristics, but he was blind. Last time I saw him, this may not be the same guy. Your life will change when you see the marvelous light. You will go from spiritual poverty to spiritual prosperity. And what I mean by prosperity, I don't mean a financial prosperity. I mean a spiritual prosperity. Because that blindness has kept you from being prosperous before the Lord. That blindness in the reality has sent you, going to send you and was going to send you to a place called hell where there's ultimate darkness, where it never sees the light, where there's weeping, where there's gnashing of teeth, where there's a begging to just taste water on the tip of someone's tongue. There's the blind man's sight, 9.25 of John. The blind man's sight. The scripture says, He answered and said, Whether he be a sinner or no, and this, the blind man's talking about Jesus, One thing I know, there was I was blind, and now, I see. The man didn't care who the man was who healed him. All he knew was, I was blind, now I can see. That is what we need to have our hands raised in worship and honor and praise to Jesus Christ. That we are no longer blind spiritually blind, but now we can see. That's all you need to know. The man says, that's all I know. I just know I was blind, and now I can see. And that was the only thing he had to say to these people. Could you imagine he had never, ever saw what a human being looked like? He had never seen the grass. He had never he had never seen the stars, the sky, the sun, the moon. This man had never seen anything. Can you imagine what it must be like to have been physically totally blind? But what do we see today? When you come to know Jesus Christ, when that light shines into your life, when you begin to know Him, you go, wow, I've never seen that before. I never discerned it. I never understood it. How did I do the things that I did when it's as plain as the nose on my face that they're wrong and I kept doing them, but now I see? That is the rebirth. That is being born again. 
That was the whole purpose that Jesus Christ came, walked this earth, lived a sinless life, went to the cross, was tortured and murdered and treated like a criminal for you, you, and you. He died, His blood was shed for your sins, for my sins. And after three days in a tomb, He rose again. He overcame darkness. He overcame death. So that you and I, who were blind, and now you can see. The divine operation in verse 11. He answered and said, this is the blind man. A man that is called Jesus made clay and anointed my eyes and said unto me, Go to the pool of Siloam and wash. That operation, Jesus spit on his hands. Got some mud or dirt, made mud out of it, put it on the man's eyes, and he told him what to do. Like a surgeon. He operated on the man's eyes, and like a surgeon, he can operate on your spiritual eyes of your heart. The key to that operation was the man did exactly as Jesus told him. He said, go to the pool and wash, and it says, and I went and washed and received my sight. You see, the Word of God is being taught to you today, being preached to you today. And He is giving you the formula, the operation to be done to the spiritual darkness in your life. And what He's saying when He used His own spit and used the clay, He's saying, I'm the creator of the world. The spit is me, Jesus the Son. The clay is what you were made out of from the very beginning, because our bodies are made of clay and water. And he put it on his eyes, and he said, go and wash. He went and washed in that particular place. It was virgin springs, representing washing away your sins and the repentance. And this man did exactly what he was told to do. And he was healed. His Physical blindness was cured. If God's speaking to you today, all He's saying to you is this. I'm opening your eyes, and in faith you need to step out and follow my word and go and do as I say. And you will no longer be spiritually blind. You'll be able to see. Because faith without works is dead, as you know. You have to take action. And Jesus will take care of the operation. Jesus will cleanse you from all unrighteousness. He will wash away your sins. If you'll only be obedient to what He tells you to do, and you will no longer be blind... 
but you'll be able to see. There's a human application also in verse 11. Is that belief I'm talking about. The human application can be misunderstood because we believe that once we do that, we must do something else to help the divine physician. That we must do it all on our own. The application is what Jonah said in his book. Salvation is of the Lord. You can't do anything. Your spiritual blindness is removed by God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Ghost. And He removes that spiritual blindness by your faith. There's also the blind man's light in verse 5. As long as I am in the world, I am the light of the world. Jesus was his light. Jesus not only healed him from being physically blind, Jesus also spiritually lit this man's life up. This man's life changed because he gave testimony. He gave a testimony of who it was that had changed his life, who had given him the physical sight, but he also gave him the spiritual sight. In 925, there's a lot of positive certainty. He answered and said, whether he be a sinner or no, I know not, but one thing I know, there whereas I was blind, I now see. The certainty when Jesus' life shines into your heart, when it shines into your life, there's a certainty that once you were at one time blind, but now you can see. You see, there's more that happened to this man than just the physical side. He was a witness for Christ. He was able to take on the Pharisees in the leadership in the Jewish hierarchy. They were after him. They were calling him names, threatening to kick him out of the synagogue. But what did he say? Oh, I know, boys, I was blind, and now I see. When that light shines into your life, you will have strength, you will have power to testify for the Lord Jesus Christ. Because that life, that Jesus in your light, in here, will give you that power. It will give you that strength. And you don't care what anybody else says, what anybody else thinks, or what anybody else does to you. That's why that in other parts of the world that the Christians are martyred daily because they will not renounce their faith in Jesus Christ. And they're our example in the modern day world of these people being martyred for Christ because they will not renounce Him. And this man here, he was not going to renounce to somebody who had just made him able to see and he had been born totally blind. He could care less at that point.
and we should feel the same way. There's the light of patient constancy. Verse 34, Jesus, they answered and said unto him, Thou wast altogether born in sins, and dost thou teach us? And they cast him out. He was constant and he was consistent in his testimony of Jesus Christ. They cast him out. They were offended by him, but he was consistent when he was born again that he knew what had happened. And regardless of what happens to him from now on, because of that marvelous light, because of that spiritual rebirth, he would be consistent and constant in his testimony. There's also the light of progressive clarity in verse 25. He could see. You know, I was thinking earlier, we can still have spiritual blindness even though we're saved. There's sometimes a progression that we need to be able to know about. We can still have blind spots, and we just need a little more clarity. Now, Josh didn't have this, but I found this this morning about this clarity. This is another man that was blind that was healed. In Mark 8, 22 and 23 through 24 and 5. And he cometh to the Bethsaida, and they bring a blind man unto him, bring a blind man to Jesus, and besought him to touch him. He took the blind man's eye by the hand. He led him out of the town. He spit on his eyes. He put his hands upon him and asked him if he's able to see all. The man looked up and said, I see men as trees walking. And after that, he put his hands again upon his eyes and made him look up, and he was restored and saw every man clearly. What that told me this morning that if you have been born again, there sometimes you don't see things quite as clearly as you should. And sometimes Jesus has to tell you to look up, to look at things a little differently so you can see clearly. Because we can have blind spots as Christians in our life to sin in our life, but yet we're still saved. We have still been removed out of darkness into the marvelous light, but we can still have these blinders on. We have to go back to the light and ask Him to show us on a daily basis where we still have those blinders, where we still have that blurry vision of those trees so that we can see that those trees are actually men walking so we can get a clear picture of where our sins are and what we need to repent of and change the way we do. Are you blind also? John 38, 39, 40, and 41. Let's see what Jesus had to say. Verse 38, he said, Lord, I believe, and he worshiped. I believe and I worship Him. 
But listen to what Jesus says. For judgment, I come into the world that they which see, meaning physical sight, might not see, and they which see might be made blind. The purpose of Jesus Christ was to come and offer himself for who he was, to tell the world, I am the light, I am the resurrection, I am the life, I am the good shepherd. Many people who say they can see are really blind. And many of those who say they can see are within the church of God. You see, these Pharisees were the Jewish leadership. They were the ones who knew that Bible that you have sitting there in the Old Testament. Right in front of you, they knew it well. But yet, they saw a miracle. They wanted to call Jesus sinner. This man who was healed, he knew better. He just knew what he could see. This judgment is simply this. There's two points when you and I pass on. Whether you pass on at age 10 or age 90 or age 60. Here's the judgment. Have you moved from spiritual darkness into the dawn of light of Jesus Christ? If you stay in darkness, your destination is a place called hell, according to Scripture. If you accept Jesus as your Lord and Savior, repent of your sins, believe that He died on the cross, rose again after the third day, you shall be saved. Whosoever call upon the name of the Lord, he shall be saved, or she shall be saved. Look what the Pharisees said in verse 40. And some of the Pharisees which were with him heard these words that I just said, and they said unto him, Are we blind also? Yeah, quite frankly, you are. Let us not leave here today being like the Pharisee of old if we're not sure that we can see. You know, there's nothing to be embarrassed about that you, if God just showed you that you were spiritually blind and now you can see. Not a thing in this world. You just be like that man that day. I believe, Lord, and you worship him. Jesus' response there in 41 to this bunch. Religious folks, religious leaders of the Jewish faith, disciples of Moses, knowers of the Old Testament better than any of us could ever dream of. Jesus said unto them, if you were blind, you should have no sin. But now we say, 
we see, therefore your sin remains. What does that mean? If you're blind and now you can see, your sins have been forgiven forever and ever. The sins of the past, the sins of today, the sins of the future. Because when God the Father looks at you, and you've seen the marvelous light, and now you can see, He doesn't see you. He doesn't see you and your sins. He sees Jesus. Because Jesus is our salvation. Jesus is our sanctification. When you see me, you don't see me. I'm talking for Jesus. If I'm talking for me, I'm blind. Only He can make me see. However, it says, if you can see today, if you understand this, and you know you're spiritual blind, and you know that God's calling you right now, there's a danger there. Your sin will remain on you. Which means if you die, you die in your sins eternally separated from the light of God. That darkness will never turn to a dawn. It'll all st always stay darkness, and it will get darker, and it will get darker, and it will get darker. As the worship team comes forward, it said there in uh, verse 1, as Jesus passed by, he saw a man, blind from birth. Has Jesus passed by today? And you're that person he saw, blind from birth? Will you accept the healing? Will you open yourself up to the marvelous light? Because you don't know how many times He's going to pass by you. This could be the last time that He ever passes your way. Hey, don't be the last time that you're given the opportunity. As they sing, may God work on your heart as you see fit.